wine cellar we've got. Hello! Bom dia. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Butler's podcast. podcast. Today we are going to be talking about Portuguese wines and why they work so well for us. Okay, that, yeah, that's a great subject matter, something we're enthusiastic about. So, fire away, Cassie. Um, can you tell us why we have been specialising in Portuguese wines for such a long time and how long you have been buying and selling them for, Henry? Henry and Butler's Wines in Brighton. Um, yeah, the, my parents used to stock Portuguese wines in the 1970s and 1980s, so they would have been mainly vintage ports, but there were lots of older vintages available, but also some red table wines, probably from the Douro or Dao, that they were two regions. And myself, um, I think we've developed it a lot more towards the table wine end of things, which is the non-fortified wines, the drinking reds, whites and pinks, um, probably 20 years plus now, I would have said. And we've been lucky enough to win some awards in this in this field as well. Yes, I, yes, we were uh, Portuguese Retailer of the Year at some point, and uh, what else have we won? Sort Loads of, in, of things. Enthus- <laughs> enthusiasm towards Portuguese wines, mainly. Yes, and we do sell a lot of them, and we have wines from all over Portugal. So with regards to a customer buying wines from Portugal, we tend to split them into regions, I would say, in the shops. Do you think this is a good way of people buying wines and finding particular varieties and styles that they like and then associating them to the region? Yes, I think um, there, are, there are a few problems and lots of positives. So firstly, you've got to give people a, re- a reason to, to want to drink Portuguese wines. Why would they um, come to Portugal? Because they've probably been drinking Spanish wines or maybe French wines, Italian wines. Why should they drink Portuguese wines? I think with Portugal, there are lots of surprises. Uh, lots of wines around the world become a little predictable, especially in the big multiple shops. So Portugal offers you lots of surprises, lots of different grape varieties. So that's interesting. Uh, there are stories often behind the smaller producers in Portugal, which are, make the wine quite sexy quite interesting and then I think the easiest thing the way like you said to to try and work around the map of Portugal is to go with regions because tourism in Portugal has increased so while people are over and drinking wine in Portugal often they would come back and they would then say can we um, drink these wines again can we buy them in the UK that's a good starting point okay and We tend to find that people come in and they're very interested in Portuguese wines, but struggle a little bit with grape varieties and how they would recognise something familiar because so many of the grapes are indigenous to Portugal. Yes. What do you think is a good way of people being able to have a reference between the indigenous grapes and any grape varieties they know? Okay, well, that's up to us. That's up to independence to do some comparisons. So, But I think that the grape varieties chat is is problematical to a certain degree but equally uh the way that wines have been sold since the 1980s have really been by grape variety and not by region or producer or style or country so if you went back to the 1970s and 1960s would people really be familiar with the grape variety Sauvignon Blanc? Possibly not. Would they know that Puy Fume and Sancerre were made by Sauvignon Blanc? Possibly not. So it was less important then, I think. And I think it's important to stress with with 
Portuguese wines focus on the region, focus on the producer. They're going to put in generally a blend, or quite often a blend of lots of different indigenous grape varieties. We can describe what those grape varieties do, but don't worry about not recognizing them so much. I think, you know, if you, if you asked a person how many, what grape varieties are in a Cote de Rhone red, how many would mm. they be able to name? Chateauneuf de Pat, how many would they be able to name? They would. Maybe Grenache. But they don't, they don't they don't worry about that so much yeah so, so it's I, changing people's attitudes i guess or so, the fear of the unknown i think it is and so so then we go back to the region and we back it up a bit and so you you say um the recognizable wine at the moment would be a duro red people yeah. people have recognized that now and then if they want to know a bit more okay Tariga Nacional probably features in there that's a little bit like Cabernet Sauvignon or whatever um small and dark and berry and this gives you these flavors because of this uh so once you can get your head around one sort of variety you can then seek out different producers and wines with that grape in it yeah, that's so, a good starting point. Yeah, like the same with Vino Verde or Vino Verde. They the people recognise that name now. They then might say, "Oh, look, there's Alvarino is appearing on a few of these grapes on these labels." That's a, sort of recognisable because I might have had Albarino, in which Spain. is the same. Just across and then the... again, build it up, and then sometimes the Alvarino might be blended with um, whatever Trejadura or Luero, and then you describe those, and then gradually build it up, and it's a repeat process. But I think um, style and region is probably more useful, I think, because we like the wines with food, don't we? Yeah. Okay. so um, why should people buy and drink Portuguese wines? They're good value. There's loads of surprises. We, you know, I, I... I'm sort of generally cross and upset and don't often get very surprised by wines, but when you do, it's it's a momentous occasion. And with Portugal, there are always surprises. It's good to put your feet into the unknown, I think. Um, and you so can get good. some amazing value from the top-end wines Great compared for... to France, for example. Yeah, and there's there's a, a wider array of white wine styles and red wine styles, whether you want the big and ballsy or when, whether you want cool and lean, and then you've got all of the fortifieds as well, of course, and sparkling wine. So there's there's something for everyone. Generally, I would say that they offer great value compared to their equal... They're equals in other countries, I would say. And some countries where they might have had some poor vintages, like France, for example, Burgundy. Worth you can trying. find like-for-like wines yeah. in Portugal. Yeah, they're very food-friendly. I was going to say, that's what friendly. I think is great about the Portuguese wines. They're really versatile food-pairing wines. And with every region, they tend to specialise in a particular food type. So with food and wine pairings, that's a really easy way of getting your head around some of the grapes, I think, and some of the wines. Yes, we like to eat um, suckling pig on a Tuesday, don't we? So, <laughs> We've so, always got one in the back garden. So that's well known, a well-known dish in the Bairada region, and you might serve up a little sparkling bagger. It's a little <laughs> Bagger is the grape. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a perfect food match. Um, but equally, you know, if you had some mackerel and some vino verde, that's lovely. Duro with some sort of robust meat or some mushrooms or something. That's really nice, isn't it? There's there's all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, they are. There's some brilliant wines and yeah. producers as well. And we're lucky enough because we've been working with them for so long that we know a lot of the producers and winemakers. Yes, we so do. we've got some great relationships with them. So leading into my final questions, if you are picking two wines and two producers from Portugal that you really rate or you're really liking at the moment, what would you go for? 
Oh, you little sod. You pulled <laughs> that one out of the bag, didn't yeah. you? What do I like recently? Um, oh, the Edwardian gave me a nod on this one. He said that the, um, which I love. Who is the Edwardian? He will remain, remain nameless because he He's might a appear. It's a customer. He might appear. To everyone uh, listening. Swalero is a producer of Vino Verde wines and they make a wine called Granite. Uh, which is on, surprisingly, granite soil. I think that is drinking beautifully at the moment for about 20 quid. So it's not a cheap wine, but it's not a super expensive wine, but I think it, it's just fantastic value. So let's do a red. I love the Nat Cool Bagger from Kneeport. That's lovely. Um, which is in a litre bottle. It's really light on the al- alcohol, and it, it shows what uh, Portugal can be really good at, which is freshness. So it has nice acidity, soft tannins. 12%. But really bright, juicy fruit. And that litre bottle gives you that little extra glass that you always want at the end of a third bottle. <laughs> at lunchtime. <laughs> and Nepal is, is a, a brilliant producer that we've had in our shop, in fact. Dirk and, is uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. And he's got projects on the go all over the place, so we seem to be following loads of his stuff and have nearly everything he seems to make. And we have a Portuguese wine tasting coming up. Cassie. We do. We do still have some spaces. This, this is next Wednesday. Okay. What's the date next Wednesday? Who knows? <laughs> it's next Wednesday and it's in our shop at 247 Queen's Park Road in it's Brighton. It's on our website, butlerswinecellar.co.uk. And you can book online or pop into the shops and book there. But we're going to be doing a bit of an all-rounder. So all the regions we've just mentioned, you'll be trying a particular wine and style from each region. So what would your final message be about Portuguese wines? drink more Portuguese wine and if in doubt contact us and we can give you as much information or advice as you might need cool go out and explore bye, bye. oh and visit Portugal it's brilliant <laughs> Butler's podcast it sounds better than ever